0: You're listening to the Who Are You Really podcast. A podcast that features interviews with the captivating people we've met. Liv and I have learned that everybody has a story. Whether it surprises you, shocks you, or
1: resonates with you, stories have a way of connecting us, offering new perspectives, and acting as a reminder that we're not in this alone.
0: And there's nothing we love more than bridging people together in our little big planet.
1: We'll get vulnerable, raw, and real with our guests from all over the world.
0: I'm your host, Lydia Klemensovich,
1: And I'm your host, Olivia Poglianich.
0: Welcome to our safe space. No judgment, no egos, all the feels and all the fun. So pull up a
1: seat, get cozy, and let's dig a little deeper together.
0: Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of the Who Are You Really podcast with me and Liv. Our episode today is with a lovely soul named Niels Bakker. I met Niels almost a year ago in a small hippie surfside village called Taigazout in the south of Morocco. And we were both staying at the same digital nomad co-working space. I met Niels at breakfast one morning and... From there, um, a connection just instantly blossomed. I was so moved by Niels's warm and peaceful presence, and I think he's one of the best listeners I've ever come across. He really takes in what you're saying, and you feel you feel very connected to him when you talk to him. And I love all of his thoughts on so many things that we get into the episode today.
1: Yeah, we spend a lot of time talking to Niels about relationships and love. Um, He talks about open relationships, which I definitely learned a lot about from him and appreciate his vulnerability on the subject. And we talk about home and what that means to him and connection more broadly. So definitely, I think you guys will love this episode. Um, As usual, grab a bevy of your choice, sit back, relax and enjoy.
0: Okay, so today on the Who Are You Really podcast, we have a lovely human being that I met in Morocco about a year ago. So we'd like to welcome Niels. Hi, Niels.
2: Hello, Olivia and Lydia. Nice to see you.
0: It's so nice to see you, Niels. It's so wild that it's been almost a year and that so much has happened in that time since we met on that balcony in Taide Yeah, how have you been feeling in the past year?
2: Overall, nice and relaxed. And mm, at the same time, I think the year has been quite different than for all of us in comparison to what we are used to. And in the beginning, I think also the mood in me and also the feelings and attitudes towards what's going on with the virus. I think it also changed during the year.
0: Yeah, Niels, you, when I met you last year, you were working on your PhD. But based off of some of our conversations over WhatsApp, I believe you've just completed your PhD recently. Is that correct? Mm Mm-hmm how does it feel to be done
2: Mm, nice and at the same at the same time i still uh, right now i'm in the process so the the three professors they provided me with feedback and now i i am waiting for one of the professor actually two of them provided me with feedback and the third professor i'm waiting for the feedback so i'm not it's not official and probably in February there will be one week and then I will put the um, what we say in the Netherlands I will put the, the dots on the i
1: amazing you're almost there What did, what did you study
2: I studied digital reading in and mainly of books in comparison with print reading and then with respect to reading behavior so do people who start reading e-book, ebooks are they going to read more in terms of time and frequency and also how does the reading experience of digital books how does it compare with print books and then in terms of concentration immersion understanding of the story memory for the story and the nice thing is that in the um, in the covid times in the Netherlands we also did some research and it turns out that people that they have started reading more makes sense
1: I know a bunch of my friends have started reading more too one of my friends said he's read like 50 books this past year and I have not read 50 books in a while sadly not for fun anyway. Me but neither. That, that that's <laughs> very, <laughs> very cool. And you're um from the Netherlands originally, correct?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, excellent. And you mentioned to Lid, I think, that you have a few places you call home. What what exactly does that entail? Is there are there multiple cities in the Netherlands or have you lived all over the place, all over the world, or
2: mm, no Maybe I started realizing this during longer travels in the past. So in 2011, uh, together with my girlfriend at the time, we went to Russia for the Trans-Siberian Express. And there, actually, I think one motivation for me to wanting to go there with her is that she she originally, she comes from the Eastern part of Germany and now she lives in the Netherlands. And her mother, she grew up in the former DDR. And yeah, I think this was also for me, yeah, we spoke about it. And then she said that she would like to go to Russia. And then I felt some home feeling that this is part of her roots. And I think this also motivated me to yeah, to wanting to go there together with her. And yeah, and I think in general, during my travels, I think sometimes in some places I felt more comfortable than in others. And I think usually when I feel comfortable, then I feel more at home. So I think I could always experience this feeling also when I was, for example, in Patagonia. And in Ladakh, that is in the um, Indian Himalayas. And so this was all before last year. And then last year, Lydia and I met in Takazut in Marok. And this is in SunDesk. And this is a place where digital nomads, where they come together. And usually for work, also for work and also for spending time together and going to the beach and having food and drinks and dances and yeah and i think in takazut i also um, felt at home quite strongly and i think the feeling grew in the weeks that i spent there and since i returned In the Netherlands, I think I somehow felt inspired to continue this way of living. And it was also a bit of a coincidence because when in the weekend, when I came back in the Netherlands, the whole COVID lockdown and measurements started. And then I visited a lover in Tilburg. And then... Yeah, then at this weekend, all the measurements started and then we decided to stay together there for a couple of months. And then after that, I also, that was I think in the summer, I also started living in Amsterdam again. Because in Amsterdam, I bought a house two years ago with another lover. And now we are uh, on a friendship basis and so we share the house and so yeah so actually since the summer i more or less live in two houses and after the summer i also spent quite some time with Fritzi, and she is the lover with whom i traveled in saveria and we are now friends and yeah that's this also works nice So, yeah, so I think I'm exploring the feeling of, the idea of feeling home in several places.
0: Mm, There's so many things that I want to ask you about everything you just said, Niels. But the first thing that I was thinking about when you were saying, oh, I feel at home where I feel comfortable. What do you think are the things or the influences that make you feel comfortable in a place?
2: Probably basically,
0: can you expand on that a little bit more? What do you mean by you?
2: Mm, so maybe it is a kind of inner process. And that at the moment that I can, that it is able for me to connect with myself and to connect with the, the body and um, the inner workings of the body. So the the feelings and the emotions, whether they are nice feelings of joy and happiness or not nice feelings, for example, anxiety, stress, mm, frustration. Then, yeah, I think at the moment that it works to relate with those feelings, then I can also relate with myself and with my inner self. And yeah, I think this helps feeling at home.
0: Yeah, I can really relate to you, Niels. That's what I started to notice when I was traveling, that of course there's things externally that bring me joy and that I love, connection with other human beings and inspiration by a place and the people, uh, simple pleasures like enjoying a good meal. But really the common thread when I started to feel good in all these places was me. It was that I was internally in just a really good place, at peace, confronting emotions, developing that relationship with myself that I did feel at home everywhere else because I felt at home with me. So I can really uh, strongly relate to that sentiment. It's really, actually, really beautiful.
1: Yeah, as can I. I I completely agree with you. It's definitely like this internal peace that you start to feel, or something that just. I don't know, you worry less. Like you said it very well, Niels. Um, I was also very interested, like Lid said, as you were talking, there were quite a few things that came up. Um, you'd mentioned traveling with a former lover and staying in touch and being friends to this day. Um, I'd be curious because I think most people tend to burn their bridges, right? Like they have a relationship and they talk about their ex or exes with a very negative tone as if they dismiss them from their lives entirely so Niels how do you maintain a relationship with past lovers and and keep them as friends in your life and is that something that's common for you?
2: Mm-hmm. You've <laughs> in, the, in the sense that um, that I that since my since my 20th I I have been in two long monogam relations and both were six years or longer. And with both, um, yeah, with both, we transformed it from romantic, sexual to friends. And um, probably we did it together. And then, yeah, I think, in both cases it also grew orgen- organic. And also with Rien, with whom I live here in Amsterdam, it also, yeah, it also grew organic. It, and this happened all in the last year, because before I came to Takharzoot, we broke up the romantic part of the relation. And and then we des- and also before I went to Takasut, we decided, oh, it would be nice if we can live together, and then on a different basis. So, yeah, and in the last year, this also grew quite orga- organic.
0: Uh, Niels, what do you think it is, though, that has you start to want to be go from lovers or romantic and sexual to friendship? What do you, is there something that changes? I know you say it happens organically, but I'm just curious about how you come to that realization, perhaps.
2: Um, I think that um, that in every, so with all the persons I mentioned, that it's not so explicit that that now that that in the past I wanted it to be romantic and sexual and now I want it to be friendship so I cannot really say that yeah that that there's a very strong drive behind it in that in these terms Mm, but I think what does drive me is that I like to connect and to relate with people and then within these Connections and relations, I think there's space for several forms of connecting.
1: Mm, definitely. So, obviously, friendship is one of them. Um, you mentioned like a monogamous romantic relationship as another. Do you have any other sort of ways in which you've explored connecting with these people beyond, I guess, romantic connected just two people and then a friendship?
2: Yep. Because now, here in Amsterdam, we live with three people. And what I noticed is that, um, that within me, there have also been growing very strong familial bonds. So, yeah, so, so it's not biological, but Rian and Thomas, they both feel for me as family. And Rian is also a hypno therapist so we also bought this house with the ID because when we started thinking about buying this house she was in a transformation for work and for career and she wanted to become a hypnotherapist and she just finished her education so then this house was also very attractive because it has a space on the ground floor and First, it was a garage, and then we could could transform it into a room for practice. And I think with Rien, I also often feel feelings that I also feel with colleagues in the um, Dutch Reading Foundation. And that is, I think this, this is the basis is that we collaborate and we work together. And this also brings a connection.
0: Yeah, Niels, you are somebody that really likes to connect with other human beings, and you're really good at it, too. Like, you're very present and very open-minded and very flexible and adaptive, and you're just such a good listener. That's something that I noticed immediately about you when I was talking to you. And something that you and some others and us talked about when we were in Morocco was open ended relationships or open relationships and i was very fascinated by talking to you and other people about this because it's something that's a little taboo still and i think it's at least in the in the west and specifically north america it's very taboo and so i'd like to get your your input on your journey through exploring open relationships and being with more than one person at the same time romantically or sexually and kind of getting your take on those dynamics and what you've learned about yourself through it.
2: Hmm, interesting question. Hmm. So what I learned and how I developed in this sense, I think when I was in the, um, so in both of the monogamous relations, actually, I think in the first relation, in the first monogamous relation I realized that it often happens that I also developed feelings for other persons and that um, yeah that, that because of the form of the relation that I have I felt that um, that there was a kind of need to suppress those feelings so to to push them away so to say and I think this doesn't this didn't feel very nice. I think for the for our body and the inner working, it feels for me quite unhealthy to push feelings away. And so then I think I started realizing that the form of the relation that it that it brought some form of control also, so that I have to control myself in order to keep the relation going. I have to control my feelings. And yeah, so I think this that this didn't feel very nice and also not very healthy. Yeah, but I think I also thought, hmm, yeah, how to deal with it? Because in the in our culture, the monogamy is the yeah the dominant form. What Lydia also says. And yeah, so it's I think it's not so. Um, so apart from the norm that other people tell you how to deal with love i think it's also a practical thing so um, because in monogamy there's a model that tells us how it works so with our partner we go to family meetings and we do double dating with friends and so it's all very clear in a way yeah, I, th- I think it was not so clear for me how it could work in a different way. And also here, maybe it grew organically in the sense that, with the, in my second monogamous relation with Fritzi, we both became friends, or yeah, became friends with our exes. And so this was also quite special, also in the um, circles, in in our social circles. I think we were both the only only one so maybe we experimented a little bit with how to deal with the fact that the former lover is still in our lives i think with both of us this never hardly never led to jealousy or anxiety or fear of abandonment and loss so yeah i think in general it worked it worked quite nice for us and so maybe then I saw that hmm, it can this can work. So so maybe if if this can work, maybe it can also <laughs> work if I can be in a romantic sexual way with more people, or maybe more general that I can be with more people in general, and that it doesn't really matter how we how we bond or what kind of forms of connecting are active. And yeah, the 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 experiences in the last four years. I think they are quite confirmative.
1: So you prefer it then after all that experimentation. Nice. Oh yes. I really like when you were saying like you were able to create a relationship without any jealousy or anxiety because that was the first thought that I had. To your point, you know, monogamy is easy in a way because there's lots of rules that you follow. You're allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. When you enter, I guess it's safe to say polyamorous would be the word we'd use to define like having multiple romantic partners at once. When you enter into the world of polyamory, it's incredibly fascinating because how do you account for jealousy, for instance, like you didn't feel it and you said your partner didn't, but How do you make sure that that happens? Like, have you been in a situation where maybe your lover has felt jealousy for how much time you're spending with a different partner? Or that would be the biggest thing that I think the biggest hurdle to overcome is like feelings of jealousy.
2: Hmm. Yep. And in the... Yes, I can confirm this. And maybe in the... So... I think one of the reasons that Rianne and I, we transformed for, from romantic sexual to friends is also that for a period of time, she, she felt a lot of jealousy. And with Janna, she's the lover in Tilburg. Um, we often speak about it as well. And I think with her, she she felt, she has been feeling a lot of jealousy in the first years. And now, um, sometimes, and yeah, then often we speak about it and we share the experiences, and yeah, then we found we we found and we find a way. And yeah, I think jealousy is um, for me. I also feel jealousy, and for me, it feels actually. So this is personally. And for me it feels nice. So I like it.
1: Interesting. How so?
2: I think usually for me, jealousy learns teaches me something about something that I desire. Yeah.
0: I love that. You're like taking it because jealousy is a very normal feeling. And I think we can often very much put such a negative stamp on it. And in some cases, if you act on it to a certain point, it can be, have intense consequences, but feeling it in yourself, as you're saying, Niels, is actually not necessarily a bad thing. It can feel uncomfortable depending on the context, I'm sure, but it's very natural and normal to feel it. It's just what you do with it, right? I suppose. So like, like you're saying, you learn that it teaches you what you desire. I've never even thought of it that way. That's, That's so amazing. And so when you're feeling jealousy in like partnerships or multiple partnerships, how do you think then confidence and trust and communication play into that experience? How do they play into you having multiple relationships? So if you're feeling jealous, how do you bridge to a place of then communication or trust or security? within those partnerships or yourself?
2: Hmm. Thank you for asking and very interesting question. And I think the the challenge might be that um, that it, it is nice to try not to make the other responsible for the jealousy that you are feeling. And furthermore, I think that that it is also nice to speak openly about what you feel and try to reflect on the source of the jealousy. So, for example, the yeah, the, then it can be the the event where the other person feels jealous. So for example, yes, uh, Rihanna, Jonne and I, we do often ecstatic dance and it's a form of dance with, mm, yeah, with often also a lot of body contact and cuddling and uh, yeah, physical contact. So what often happens at the moment, it doesn't happen so often because now we cannot do ecstatic dance due to the COVID. But what often happened in the past is that when I was dancing with another woman, often then Rian and Jonah could also feel jealous. So then there's an event and then they feel jealousy. And I think it also helps them to speak openly about it after the event and then try to reflect on the, yeah, what kind of jealousy is it? So is it related to? I want, uh, so for example, it can be related to that I give attention to another person and that Jonna or Rihanna want the attention. And it might also be re- related with that I am dancing with a woman that Rihanna or Jonna thinks is very beautiful. And then the other woman makes them feel insecure about, oh, am I beautiful enough? Am I good enough? And et cetera. And and what I often have been experiencing is also a form of possession jealousy. So if another man is maybe flirting with Jona or Rien, then I can also feel jealous. So then I think that the other man is wants to um grab her away for me is that a, is that how to say it
1: yeah Just that makes sense so to say. thank you for sharing that it's it's interesting because i was actually going to ask you since rian and um yana right they they share share you in a sense do they have other partners themselves like are there multiple boyfriends or maybe not like as committed or was it that the two of them were kind of sharing you
2: Mm, I think in in some moments, yes. So it it has been in some moments that I was the only one for them, and in other moments not. And Jona, at this moment, Jona is also seeing another man who we all know from ecstatic dance, and he's very. <laughs> and um, they don't see each other. As often as Jonne and I see each other, and he is in an open relationship, and they have a kind of hierarchy, so that means that uh, for them they are each other's primary partner, and this also means that that he cannot see maybe Jonne as often as that Jonne and I can see each other. So mostly they see each other once every month, two months and um, yeah and in this form it is now for two years something like this and you and with ryan uh, also <laughs> also since we transformed from the romantic part to the friends part there have been also other men and so far for in the last year for a short time so usually for one or two months and then, yeah, then, then for a period of time, there's no men and then someone new comes in. I'm
1: interested, like um, you mentioned at Ecstatic Dance and thank you for sharing that, like, you know, you can feel jealous as well. Like if someone is getting too close to one of the women, how come then um, you happen to know one of these other guys that is more seriously seeing one of your partners from Ecstatic Dance and that isn't making you jealous? like what what do you think in your own experience differentiates like the feeling of jealousy of a different partner versus oh this this man feels safe or it's okay, I guess
2: I think I experienced this the first time with Ivo and Ivo was the first man that so with fritzi the we transformed from monogamy to friends. It was because I fell in love with Jonna. And then I told Fritzi about this being in love. And I said that for me, it would be nice if we could open our relation. And then a couple of months, there was tension between us. And then she met another man. And after that, I felt very strong jealousy I think it was for one week or so and this form of jealousy was not related to possession it was related to me am I good enough and I think it was related to that I also knew that within our relation Fritzi often said because I have I'm not so large shouldered and she often said that she likes this in a man and yo and i think evo was quite muscular so to say and yeah so i i think this was the source for me for feeling this jealousy for a week and then after that we after this week now yeah it felt painful it was not nice and after this week it's vanished and then it's it i think it to love and then i started feeling love for him as well
0: even like i love how you say you know you're still feeling those feelings of inadequacy but you still come out of it after you feel that with a deeper sense of love and i think that's incredibly powerful and and beautiful and so what how do you think, have you always been like that? Have you always been somebody who has this deep love for everyone in the world like you are now?
2: Um, maybe, yes. In the sense that the when I was 13, I had my first girlfriend for three and a half months. And in a way this started first in a way it started as a triangle so i was not the only boy with whom she was dating at this moment and the boy and i we were friends and there was not yeah as far as i remember there was not much much jealousy between us and it i think it was more that at a certain moment we i was together with him And we spoke about the situation with this girl. And then I think from the norm, so the the monogamy norm, we said, no, she has to choose. And then we told her that she had to choose for one of us. Now, yeah, but I think it was not, there was not a deep jealousy, (laughs) at least for me. I cannot remember that I felt a lot of jealousy. And then... Then she chose for me, and then after three and a half months, I think she fell in love with another boy at the swimming pool. (laughs) And then she broke up the relation, and then I felt insulted. So I thought, yeah, I think there was a feeling in me that... Yeah, there was also a feeling in me that that if she wants to be with him, she can also be with me. And... And I also felt curiosity. So there was a feeling and also an image about who is this other man.
0: I think that a lot of us are very much attached to unrequited love or people who don't, um, because what you're saying, like feeling insulted when she didn't love you and, feeling curiosity I like I think a lot of us when somebody doesn't reciprocate feelings or isn't at the same level as we are we take it very much personally into heart and for some good reason but I think that a lot of us just want to prove ourselves to the other person so do you think that a lot of uh, people in society are like this that we like very much are attached to that feeling of being desired?
2: Hmm. Yep. Maybe also that they want to be desired and they fear the rejection.
0: So when you're rejected or you have been, what have you? how have you learned to love yourself through that? Because it seems like right now you have a really deep sense of self-love. So how do you love yourself through those feelings?
2: Maybe, I think, probably that's usually when I have felt rejected that i try not to project it on the other and fritzi the my second monogamous girlfriend she's quite a free spirit and she's very autonomous it often happens that also within the monogamy context that there were feelings of pain and they were the result of actions by her and yeah i think most of the times that i tried not to project my pain on her and yeah because maybe when i would would have projected my pain on her then maybe i would have put her under pressure to change and so to change her attitude or behavior and i think this yeah this could also have brought a kind of power struggle maybe between us yeah so i think this is one nice part of not projecting and feeling the rejection and maybe researching the source of the rejection. So what is beneath. And yeah, I think in this process of res of doing research, I think then the yeah, then usually there is a deeper source of self love.
1: That's amazing. Thank you for sharing i I feel like I'm learning so much from this conversation, and I think one of the things that I was really curious to hear um, before we started talking is just what do you think is something that most people do not understand about polyamorous living or open relationships or just anything that doesn't that falls stray from like this heteronormative, monogamous kind of way of living life like what's the main or few things that people just don't understand about it
2: mm, probably the the impression that I have is not so much that they do not understand I think it is I think it's the kind of um, unheimlich, unheimlich that's a word in German and that means that's a kind of uncomfortable feeling that people often feel when they experience something that they do not know
1: so it's just because it's not exactly the popular way of living your life people feel uncomfortable by that Mm -hmm. Hmm. do you think that i guess speaking you know we were talking about jealousy before when you're partnered up with more than one person is that like wh- what would you say other than jealousy would make it difficult, like allocating how much time you see each person? Like, is that something you have to communicate with them
0: about?
2: Mm-hmm. You p- probably the. Um, mm, I think that the um, open communication probably also in monogamy it is also quite nice if the um, yeah if the partners have those skills and probably in polyamory it is maybe even more nice in the sense that there are more people involved and also more feelings and yeah i think it requires more in dutch we say afstemming it means harmonization of the different persons with their different feelings and their different thoughts and wishes and desires
0: what do you look for niels when you're connecting with other human beings and do you put emphasis on the connection on chemistry on compatibility what is it about somebody when you're entering maybe we can first talk about a romantic relationship, what kind of what are the things that sparked that connection for you? and then I'm curious about a friendship
2: mm, i think in the in the basic a feeling of attraction, and I think in this applies to both cases so yeah i think mm, I think usually when people meet each other they are are usually chemistries of connection and maybe they come from different parts in the body also so maybe with when it's when it's gradually more romantic and sexual I feel it more in the bottom parts so closer in in my belly and when it's more friendship kind of feelings then it's more in the upper part and yeah I think in this in the spiritual world they they often speak about the chakras and it might be related with this, so that's also the the chakras that they help to regulate feelings of attraction
0: are you pretty open Niels, when it comes to being attracted to anybody mm-hmm. and how would you i'd like identify Sexuality to you then, and what it means to you or connection
2: I would say that yeah, that all all these kinds of connection that they can exist and they can also coexist, and they can also coexist in one person, so I can, for example, for Fritzi, I still feel all the forms of connection, and so romantic sexual friendship. Also, a family feeling maybe also some of what I described as collaborating, so what I also feel for colleagues because Fitzi and I, for example, if you buy if people buy a house together, that's also a kind of collaboration, and I think that sexuality is also an, a need yeah, so I would also describe it as as a basic need, so like we are hungry. We have an appetite for food. And yeah, we can also feel an appetite for having sex. And I think this is basically it. So true.
0: Uh, I'd be curious to know, Niels, tell us about a moment that you felt an instant connection. And you know, you felt your chakras light up in certain areas. Or you felt a feeling of comfort or all of those feelings at once. Like, can you recall? I'm sure there's many, but what is one of the first moments and people that come to your mind?
2: Probably this comes most close to what I would, what people often describe as love at first sight.
1: And you felt it in multiple parts of your body then?
2: Maybe. And at the same time, not consciously. So what I when I think about it now, I can, there was something like, that I saw the, I saw blue stars in the sky, <laughs> so.
0: That's so beautiful Niels, oh my gosh.
1: I have a question actually looking towards the future. So I think this sounds like a really incredible way to live your life, definitely like moment to moment, right? Like I'm attracted to you, I might be attracted to you. It seems like it's easy easier to have a sense of inner peace by being able to just focus on what you're feeling in the moment. With that said, do you have any sort of like long-term goals or visions or, forgive me if this is like exactly the kind of thing that just people with the monogamous mindset think about too much, but let's talk about marriage, for instance. Like, is that something that's on your radar? Is there such a thing as an open marriage that you would be open to? Um, So curious about your goals for the future. And then also, what do you think about the idea of infidelity? Like, how does that work in a polyamorous context? Because you're basically open. So is there such a thing as being unfaithful?
2: The, The second question is, in this respect, quite easy to answer. In the way that we, also the way that we relate here in Amsterdam, so with the three of us, I think being faithful is being faithful with ourselves and with our inner feelings and also with the limits we feel. And the first question, um, for me, marriage is not necessary. And at the same time possible and now yeah in the Netherlands it's not possible to marry more than one person so <laughs> so this would make it practically a bit complicated because for me it's not nice to exclude someone based on a form or a construction that is invented by other people and so I think in that in this respect marriage will be mm, difficult. And I think it's, at the moment, it's maybe more realistic. So Jonna and I, we often speak about that maybe in the future, we want to give a party of love. And then with all the people that we love, and that's also kind of marriage, but then <laughs> not in, the, in this, this sense.
1: Sure. Without
0: the piece of paper. <laughs> what would you do at a party for love? <laughs> I love that idea.
2: Oh, I think, it, I think the activities can be quite the same. So. I can even imagine it to be quite a, yeah, a standard <laughs> marriage. And so with nice food and drinks, dancing, maybe speeches, mm, I see a beautiful garden. Actually, now there are, are images that I see from past marriages of friends and I, I all like them. So maybe a kind of combination.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: I am... Um... I love love the idea that it doesn't have to be called a marriage. It can be a party of love, and you can celebrate that at any moment in time. I'm curious, actually, about something you had mentioned to Lid that um, for like the preview to the episode, you're interested in not only connecting with humans, which we've talked about at great length, which is extremely interesting, but also non humans. And I would love to know what you meant by non humans, because my mind went straight to aliens or spirits or who knows what else that may mean to you?
2: Hmm. I can imagine that I that maybe I refer to yeah, it can be aliens as well. <laughs> That's possible. Maybe from a, from a spiritual perspective, maybe there can be a spirit in everything and also in animals, plants, maybe also in stones and rocks. And for example related to the rocks um, usually i make um, a hiking trip at least once a year in the mountains and i also often do it alone and so then i'm for a week i'm with a backpack tent food and then i'm hiking in for example lapland in scandinavia or last year in the austrian mountains and I think then there, yeah, I can connect with the mountains and also with myself.
0: Yeah. I feel that, Niels. I also feel that with nature deeply and sometimes even food. Like if I'm having like a really nice drink or a really like a meal that I can just sense or know that it was made with so much love and care, I feel connected to it through that feeling. It's hard to describe but yeah and we also have an episode with uh, a friend of mine on our podcast and you know we talk in depth about her connection to the cannabis plant and how she uses it with deep intention she's not just using it out of like frivolousness she's very intentional she almost meditates before she consumes it and she uses it as like a deep way of connecting with other human beings so there's, yeah, I love that idea of connecting. And as you say, like doing those trips, those hiking trips, that sounds so healing to do that on your own. You, like, in, like I've done some hiking trips, but to just be out in nature on your own, what are the things that you take away from those trips?
2: Mm, thank you for asking. And I can also relate to the other guests. So with the plants and usually um, maybe what, what I take away is that there's, maybe there's, for me, there's a very strong relation between autonomy and connection. And I think in the, I think it's very likely that. It could be that in the nowadays world that we are also in a transformative phase from a connection model that is quite strongly, strongly related to being dependent, to a form of being independent within, also connecting with others and with myself. And I think in the nature, what I often feel is that I feel both very strongly connected with myself and with my whole being and i also feel very autonomous and also um, yeah and also in terms of that i also hiked in places where where i know that there are not so many people so that i really have to yeah there's no other choice so I, i am with myself and the um, circumstances they they require me to yeah to use my own skills the
1: nice duality between like interdependence and independence and connecting to self while connecting to others like i can see what you're saying and they definitely seem to be on sort of a, a spectrum where we need to have both yeah i i would be really curious i guess as you know we've recently just started a new year and maybe it'll be similar to last year maybe not who knows what do you think are your sort of themes or key um, areas of focus that you are taking into this new year that you're bringing as like your main I guess intention for how you'll live 2021?
2: Mm. I think mostly the intention is to continue the way I have been living in the last year and the, the general intention that I put is to, to create and to find, to create, to develop, and also to sustain connections and both on the short term and the long term. And you and for this year, Oh I see a lot of um, opportunities. So because um, because here in the house the so Thomas who lives with Rian and my and I he's going to move and so we will also search next week for a new person to live with. And yeah, and Fritzi is having a baby with another man so with her lover at this moment
0: will you be in the baby's life Mm,
2: maybe i don't know Mm, actually i i think before christmas i offered her to babysit once a week for a day
1: that would be sweet. Hopefully she says yes. That'd be nice. Our favorite question is the name of the episode. <laughs> who are you really, Niels?
2: Hmm. Interesting question. Actually, I don't know. In the, in, in the sense that um, who am I really, for me, it's something that develops. I think... Mm, yeah, when I would describe it in words or terms, then I think I would describe myself as both a highly independent person and also a highly connective person. And I think that when I feel dependency, then it doesn't feel uncomfortable or unnice. So... I think I know it can feel uncomfortable and unnice, And usually I think it it is related to that, that there's also a desire underneath it so that I want to develop some skills. And then after that, I can be independent with those skills. And then I can make myself dependent again to learn new skills.
0: Love it. Uh Niels, we have loved talking to you. we say goodbye we always give our guests an opportunity to plug or put out something that they might be working on or a social media profile or just anything if you want people to get in contact with you you don't have to but if if you would like to now is the time
2: Mm -hmm. people can contact me on the email so that is nielsjebakker at gmail.com um, yes, and I'm um, in the next year or two years probably I will write a book about love in in this era, and it might also be that in February or March that I will try to go to Morocco again <laughs> yeah, to
0: open again well I again. with rules obviously but sundesk is back in business <laughs> but you're gonna write a book on love i i so want to read that are you going write it in dutch
2: hmm actually i don't know and i can also imagine that the that maybe the form that it will also change so maybe i will discover that i prefer to write more block Kind of articles, blog, and maybe I also want to experiment with making videos or, no, yeah. So I so it, the the form is, yeah, the form is very open.
1: And will it cover some of what we've talked about today? Mm-hmm. Amazing.
2: Definitely.
1: Hopefully, it's in English.
2: No, <laughs>
0: Niels, you're so wonderful and so interesting. And we thank you so much for being on our podcast today. It's truly been a pleasure.
2: Same here.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Who Are You Really? We'll be back next Thursday, same time, same place. You can listen to us on Spotify or Apple podcasts.
1: In the meantime, you
0: can find us on Instagram at Who Are You Really Podcast. Or feel free to join our Facebook group, The Humans of Who Are You Really, to connect to some of the people who have been on air and other deep thinkers and feelers.
1: If you liked this episode and want to continue listening, please subscribe and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your
0: thoughts and stories. Until next time, sending love to you wherever you are.